Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Stacia Harris, NCSPRA's Vice President, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. Our guests today bring some unique experiences to their roles as school communicators. Jen Heatherly is the PIO for Transylvania County Schools, and she is new to her role this year, as is Charles Batchelor with Moore County Schools. He's the Assistant Director of Communications. Finally, Nora Carr joins us as well. She's currently the Assistant Director of Communications for the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation in Winston-Salem, but she is a longtime school PR pro with Guilford County and Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. And we had a wonderful conversation. Nora shared some uh, really amazing insight that, that I think folks who are new to school PR uh, will find valuable, as well as folks uh, who've been in the saddle for a while, because I think if this year has taught us nothing else is uh, our jobs and our roles and our responsibilities and the things that we're asked to do will constantly change. And and so really had some wonderful takeaways, had a great conversation, and uh, we're excited to share that with you. Let's start the show. Jen, Charles, and Nora, welcome to School PR Drive Time. Thank you guys for being with me today. So first, let's go around the Zoom room and we'll have each of you introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background and what your current role is. So Jen Heatherly, we'll start with you. Thank you so much for having me. So I am currently the Public Information Officer for Transylvania County Schools. And prior to this, I was actually in marketing for four years. And prior to that, I was actually a wellness coach. That degree in psychology has kind of taken me all around the spectrum. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, Charles, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm Charles Batchelor. I'm the Assistant Director for Communications at Moore County Schools. I'm originally from uh, Moore County and went to schools in our neighboring county, Richmond County, where I graduated high school. Um, I went to college after that on a four-year ROTC Army scholarship, and uh, upon graduation and commissioning in the Army, I went into the aviation branch, where I served as a pilot and a commission officer for the last eight and a half years. So uh, I've been very fortunate to, you know, tour the states and other countries, and now I am transitioning to uh, this new role I did get my bachelor's in communications uh, in college. So I'm relying on that degree now uh, into the future. So it's kind of a fun transition from from helicopters to school PR, and we'll get into that a little bit more. And Nora Carr, you really don't need an introduction because you're kind of a legend, but we'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. (laughs) Well, you're very kind, Stacia. Thank you. I actually think the helicopter analogy is perfect for... um, school PR, so that will be fun to explore later. So I started out in life as a print journalist working for a network of suburban weeklies in the greater St. Louis area. In Missouri, I was covering government and education and found out that I just really loved covering education the most, and that led to my first school PR job ever in a very small district, which is 5,000 students in the greater St. Louis area. So I've worked um, in PR for healthcare and in between school PR gigs, I was vice president of PR for Luke Ward George Andrews, a PR and marketing firm in Charlotte. My current role is I'm the assistant director of the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation in Winston-Salem. 
Awesome. Uh, and, and for the listeners, I'll go ahead and introduce myself as well. Stacia Harris, I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. And I started uh, actually in the Communications Department for Winston-Salem for Forsyth County Schools for four years after college. And then I transitioned to commercial television. And so I was a morning anchor, reporter, photographer, producer, made the coffee, swept the floors. I did all the things um, in small market TV for um, several years and then transitioned um, back to uh, school PR just uh, recently. So uh, the reason I wanted to have you guys on is, you know, we we heard a lot um, recently, we have a lot of folks who are new to school PR. And and we wanted to in one place, uh, sort of have a nice repository of just some great advice. And we want to hear uh, how the transition has been for for my newer folks. And I wanted to have Nora on, uh, because she's, you know, she's obviously a veteran um, PR pro. And so uh, we want to get her perspective as well. And so let's just go ahead, jump into it. And it, if we're okay with that, we'll start with um, Jen. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of what the transition has been like for you as we record this. Uh, you've been in the saddle for a, a few months so far. Right. So the transition has been, um, it's been interesting. Uh, the person who was in this role before me was in it for seven years, which is a pretty good run. So everybody kind of gotten used to his style and his way of doing things. Um, and, you know, of course, within the first two weeks, we, we had a crisis. So that was interesting to jump right into. Um, but definitely some challenges that, have, that I faced um, is that trust factor. Uh, you know, you, you're trying to be the voice of your school district to a point, And that's challenging when you've got to try and build those relationships with your administrators and your teachers and just all of your staff. And if they're, they're hesitant, um, it, it just makes the job a little more challenging for sure. So that's something big I know I'm trying to work on. And um, well, I'll come back to you. I want to talk a little bit about some of the successes and achievements that, that you've had so far, too. But um, while we're, we're on the topic of challenges, Charles, um, you know, as assistant director of communications, um, you know, you're in a position where you're honing your leadership skills and, and um, dipping your toes into school PR and certainly coming from a very, very um, kind of unusual background, which is part of the reason why we wanted to have you on the podcast. So what has the, the transition been like for you? Yes, um, the transition has actually went pretty smoothly. Um, I think mainly because I'm in the assistant director role uh, rather than the director job. But, um, you know, coming in for me is just like meeting everyone that I work with, uh, my peers, and then also getting out to schools and meeting principals and building those relationships. And I've been in here for a little over two months now, and I feel like I've I've really gotten uh, those relationships established well. Um, But I would say the biggest challenge for me is, you know, I spent a lot of time in the military being a leader and, you know, an aviator and not too much in the PR realm. So that's been my biggest challenge is is learning how to operate uh, in public relations. And for so much of, of school PR, obviously, uh, you can get your APR, which is the accreditation in public relations. And you know, th- there's lots of uh, experiences you can accumulate. But uh, for example, uh, we've uh, 
had some interesting board meetings so far this year. And as I was standing out in, in front of a crowd that was yelling at me, I thought to myself, they don't teach you that in, in school, <laughs> in school PR, you know, school. And, and so uh, I think even this year, uh, the challenges of the pandemic and, and uh, social issues sort of maybe have made all of us feel um, a, a little bit like a duck out of water, you know, even most uh, experienced school PR person. Uh, so Nora, I want to bring you into the conversation, just listening to their experience and sort of what they've been going through uh, so far. Are, uh, kind of does that strike you as, as kind of the um, it's just kind of how it goes as you're transitioning? Well, I think they've really jumped into a, a sort of a revolutionary time in public education. So while it's always a little bit crazy in school PR, they've really jumped into an incredible time. By the same token, that's a wonderful opportunity to learn and grow and where the public relations and communication skills really add a lot of value and are really, really needed. I mean, it's during troubled times, during crises, during divisive times that you really need people who are bridge builders and people who can build trust, build relationships, build partnerships. And I love that they both talked about trust and relationships because that's what PR really is. It's about people it's about relationships. It's not just about the media coverage or the stuff and things that we produce, even though we produce a lot of stuff and things. It's really about relationships with people and knowing your community and knowing all the players. And Jen, I wanna uh, loop back to you. Talk to me about some of the successes that, that you've had uh, so far as you're taking on this new role. Um, so far, I feel like I am, I actually have built some decent relationships with, with some of my administrators, which has been great. Um, we've come up with being a, a single person team. I am, uh, I'm solo. So, you know, pitching some new ideas um, about different ways to really hone this as more of a communications role um, have kind of taken off. So that's been exciting to just kind of know that this role can change and develop a little bit in Transylvania County. Great. And Charles, what about you? What successes ha have you found so far? Um, yes, I've been uh, really successful at building those relationships uh, with my the other administrators. And I've seen just in the past couple of weeks, they come to me more comfortably and asking me to do things. But now it's like I have a laundry list of things to do. So <laughs> uh but it's exciting to uh, be able to have that success with the, the relationships. And another thing uh, that I ran was a Safe Schools Week campaign in which I uh, made a video for bus safety as well as uh, coordinated with our local radio station to produce some public service announcements with uh, a couple of our students, um, just bring awareness to what we do to keep our schools safe. And I felt like that whole week uh, went really well. And what I've been focusing on is, you know, getting out the district's message uh, to everyone within our uh, school district and um, using our social media as well as our school messenger platforms and uh, just really getting the good news out there uh, that kind of helps, you know, take away uh, some of the things that are going on in our community. So Nora, as you hear their successes and, and challenges so far, and, and knowing that we could have, you know, listeners who are also making this transition, perhaps from very uh, different industries, but, you know, coming into the world of school PR, um, what are, um, what are some of the insights that you have for them um, as they acclimate to uh, this, this environment? 
So I think, you know, they're doing the first steps that are really important and would encourage that everyone to keep doing that. Uh, learn as much as you can, as quickly as you can about public education, about the environment that you're working in. You want to know as much about education as educators, and that's going to take extra effort on your part and um, unless you came through the teaching ranks or the principal ranks. And if you came through that those ranks, then you need to learn as much about public relations as you can, because probably what you think you know about PR and what is really good effective PR are vastly different in my experience. So make sure you learn as much as you can, understand EdWeek, understand the trends in the state, know the players, know the trends, know the issues. So you know when something is unique to your district or a little bit off, you know when you're just right in there reflecting what everybody else is dealing with. Uh, and it also helps you anticipate what might be coming next. Maybe an issue hasn't hit your district yet, but it's probably coming. And so I encourage all PR people to be voracious consumers of information. And also do start doing some research about what works and what doesn't. It's great to put information out, but at the end of the day, you've got to move the dial somewhat on public opinion and other kinds of measures, student enrollment, uh, teacher recruitment and retention. So, um, you know, you, you're not going to solve it all at once. You're going to start slowly, but just be a sponge and absorb as much as you can. And I would encourage people to do that throughout their career. Never stop learning. Absolutely. Be a lifelong learner. And, and I think, uh, and, and Nora, you brought it up a little bit earlier. This is such a tumultuous time for public education and, and things are just it was maybe a little bit challenging before, but as we, again, recover from the pandemic, it it, it feels and, and creates lots of other sort of ancillary issues um, that can uh, keep your day exciting, to say the least. And I, and I will say, as we're talking about relationships, for sure, it's relationships within your organization, but start building those relationships with other uh, PIOs or assistant directors uh, in neighboring counties uh, so that Absolutely. if you're stuck on something, uh, you've got, um, you can phone a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, build the, a I mean, network I, as soon mm -hmm. as you can. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Um, you can't do this work alone. So a lot of times when we first start out, and I started out in a one-person operation as well, you sort of think you're going to do all the communications, and you quickly learn that you can't. So try to think of your role as the head coach for effective communication, not the the top player for communication. <laughs> it, it, it's really different. You can spend all your time doing the tactical things. And if you don't build capacity of your principals, if you don't build the capacity of other administrators in central office, you know, certainly they're probably not going to be as good at it as you are. But the more you can build others' capacity and confidence to communicate in effective and powerful and compelling ways, you will move the district forward much better than if you try to keep all the plates spinning yourself. And kind of as, as Nora is talking, Charles or Jen, do you guys have a sort of anything that, that strikes you as something that uh, you would like to work on, um, again, as you acclimate to this new role? I think what she, what Nora just said about coaching, um, coaching all the administrators around everyone around you to be better communicators, I, I think that's huge and something that I, I definitely see as something I want to work on here. And I would say, uh, like she touched on to build your network, uh, getting with the surrounding counties and, and uh, 
meeting their PIOs and stuff, I, I would definitely need to do that. And of course, yeah, have to I will give tell a, you, you know, oh, I'm sorry, early no, on, some of the best advice I ever got was to go to an INSPER seminar and go to my state seminar, which at the time was Missouri. I was living, um, started out in St. Louis. And it was very early in my career. It is worth the investment. So start advocating for that, that now. Get some of that ESSER money for your department for better relationships and engagement and communications. And don't be afraid to spend some of it on your own development. I Absolutely. Will, I will attest to the ENSPRA Connect Board. I personally used it and found really valuable information already. So, I mean, I'm grateful that that resource is there. Absolutely. And I think education, it's such, it's a unique culture, you know, and it's, it's different than a military. It's different than doing PR for a, a private organization. And I think to be able to connect with people who get it and, and can navigate it and have successfully navigated it is, is really helpful. Uh, just, just, you know, and obviously making friends, but also, you know, dealing with those crisis um, situations so that you can handle it um, with confidence and sort of, uh, you know, I always say, you know, show your, your superintendent and your leadership team, you know, show them what, show them what you're made of, show them why you're valuable. And I think that's, um, you know, especially in the current climate, there's no shortages of opportunities <laughs> to do that. Well, the first half of our podcast has just flown by. So we actually want to pause really quickly and uh, take a break to hear from our sponsors. And uh, when we come back from the break, I do want to dive into crisis communications. It's a, um, a, a kind of subset of, of what I do that I find fascinating. And I think it's uh, the thing that can cause the most anxiety for folks, especially if you're new uh, to school PR. So that is coming up after the break. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. This episode is brought to you by Thought Exchange. Thought Exchange is the only enterprise discussion management platform powered by patented anti bias technology. Modern leaders use Thought Exchange to quickly gain critical insights and improve decision making for their districts. Whether you're engaging 10 stakeholders or a community of 10,000 plus people, Thought Exchange allows leaders to drive strategic discussions at scale. Since 2009, Thought Exchange has been helping school districts across North America validate and align on top district policies, address student and staff success, and build trust with their communities. Here at NCSPRA, we thank Thought Exchange for their continued support of this podcast and all of their efforts to support school communications throughout North Carolina and beyond. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. Thank you for staying with us. So on this side of the break, we want to turn it over to Nora, and, and she's going to go over some of her insights as we consider crisis communications and navigating crises and being confident in a crisis to help your organization overcome. So Nora, we're going to turn it right over to you and, and let you uh, tell us some of your best practices and tips and tricks. Well, I think when you look at some of the, the lessons learned over uh, fair amount of, of time in crisis communications is that most people are what causes most crisis. But we tend to be better prepared in schools for tornadoes, for hurricanes, for some of those things that do happen, but don't happen with as much frequency as more people-oriented crisis in terms of somebody doing something untoward with a student, uh, employee, you know, perhaps being accused of theft or some issue that's going on with the board that spills over into the district or a, a top administrator 
you know, doing something inappropriate, uh, those tend to be the more frequent ones, almost kind of like the common cold of crisis communications. And then, you know, now with the with the protests and, and just all of the different divisiveness that we found, um, you've got to be really careful to make sure you really truly listen and understand the other side. Uh, often the PR person is the only one who's sort of bringing the outside perspective in. Um, I love education. I love educators. It's a close-knit community nationally, not just in your region of the state or in the region of the country, but it can get insular and it can get insular very fast when all sorts of things are going on and everybody's scared and people are running for cover and all those kind of things. And so you often have to kind of find a way to be the voice of truth uh, at a time when truth may not be popular. And, uh, but you wanna do that with sensitivity. You wanna do that with under having a deep understanding of your community and the people and the students that you serve. And so, you know, if you haven't invested in your own anti-racism training, if you, if you don't have a deep understanding of diversity, uh, don't enter those waters without doing your own homework first. I think that's important as well. Um, the other thing I would say lessons learned is that the information you receive first is going to change and is probably wrong. You're still gonna benefit from doing a plan though and you're still gonna benefit from gathering that information. You have to get and confirm facts and you have to keep doing that over and over and over again. I sort of had it in my head rule that I had to confirm something three or four times before I shared it with a lot of other people or especially publicly, because I just found that it changed too often. I literally was outside of a school talking to the incident commander outside of a school who was telling me one thing and then had a line to somebody inside the school on another line who was telling me the exact opposite. And it turned out that the person inside the school was the one with the accurate information. It just hadn't gotten to that incident commander yet. So you've gotta be really, really careful even at a time when speed is of the essence. Once a crisis hits, you're kind of along for the ride. It doesn't mean you just give up and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do, but you need to recognize that the time for intervening and stopping the crisis is probably already passed. That would have come in when it was simmering, when it hadn't really blown up big yet. And typically you're gonna find out later that there were some signals or some red flags that somebody missed or some protocols that weren't followed that, that would have led to this. Um, recognize that at this point, your job, number one, is to protect life, protect um, and to minimize the potential for future harm or more danger. Once that's taken care of, then you're really looking at, um, you know, trying to minimize the damage to that trust that was talked about earlier in the podcast to those relationships. And you wanna start talking less about what happened and why it happened and more about what you're doing about it and what the response is. So you're trying to shift more proactively, but it doesn't mean that you can spin that and it doesn't mean you can skip the tough questions. That's why it's better to ask those tough questions and you can do it respectfully. You can do it one-on-one. -on -one. You don't have to embarrass anybody in a big room. But I have found over the years that Getting accurate and good, solid information you can take to the bank is the biggest challenge in school PR crises. So 
somebody's got to do that and it'll probably be you. A fight spin, everyone starts spinning and I don't believe in spin, I believe in truth, I believe in sharing facts, I believe in positioning them, I believe in trying to say things in a more affirmative way, but I absolutely will never lie and never have and never will and I encourage others to take, take that as well. Um, every once in a while, though, when I had to cut through the noise, I would just tell someone, don't try to spin a spinner. So if you have a good BS detector, you will do well in this area, in this field. If you do not have a good BS detector, you're going to have to find ways to, de to develop one. And if something's not ringing true or not feeling right in your gut, you need to dig a little deeper. That's a signal that maybe something else is going on. I would say some other tips I have are recognize that what parents and the public care most about is different than what everyone inside thinks is most important, including the superintendent and including the board chair. And sometimes you, ha you have to develop that kind of relationship where you can have those kind of tough conversations and say, look, I understand where you're coming from on this, but saying it that way is gonna make this worse. We need to address this issue here and this is why and have a good case for that. I would also encourage you to please talk and craft messages that sound like a real human being. And Stacia, I am sure you are much better at this than I am given all of your background <laughs> in TV, but talk like a human. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, and if you issue a statement, make it sound like something that somebody says, not like a legal treatise. You know, it's <laughs> sort of one of my pet peeves. I personally prefer on-camera interviews every time to statements. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to do a statement. It's just the nature of the beast. Or sometimes you don't haven't had good experience with the certain outlet. So it might be better just to cut your losses, give them a statement and move on. Mm -hmm. um, I would say in a crisis, I try to have I clearly identified spokespeople in a crisis. I mm -hmm. like to have the people closest to the issue talk to it. Mm -hmm. I'm not one that thinks that one person needs to do all the speaking for the district. I think what you're trying to do is communicate that there are a lot of smart, caring, empathetic people who know what they're doing and, and are on top of this. And if it's a school-based issue, eventually that principal needs to talk because that's the person mm -hmm. with the credibility. If it's a transportation issue, the person over transportation needs to talk. If you become the only person who ever talks, you sometimes they're doing a great job of promoting your own spokesmanship, but not necessarily what the district really needs. So be careful of that. That can be a temptation that I would suggest you try to avoid, which is why I also believe in building capacity. Mm -hmm. Figure out and plan what's coming next before everyone else does. So I'm a firm believer in crisis plans. Recognize that they might last you know, half an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes, or if you're lucky. Um, but the exercise of planning, the teamwork involved in planning, the thoughtfulness in planning, uh, pre-writing messaging for things that right. you know are going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a bank of, of dozens of pre-written messages for the types of things that we just knew were going to happen and in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools and Guilford County schools where I used to work and also in St. Louis. And it was just really helpful. We even created a bank of messages that we shared with you know, about 50 school districts in Missouri because you, you can, it's easier to tweak when you're under pressure than start with that, that mm -hmm. blank page. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
make sure that you talk to the inside before you go to the outside. You, you neglect employee communications at your peril. It's not all about the media and how they're reporting something. It's about how we're talking to people internally, what we're saying, the information we're, we're posting, sharing on social media, all the different ways that we're doing. You have a lot of firepower, uh, communications firepower in any school district today, so you need to use it. Uh, probably one of my biggest is that if you screw up, admit it. I don't mean you personally, obviously, although that's <laughs> good advice too, Right. but admit it and apologize. It just takes the wind out of the sails when you say, you know, you're right, this shouldn't have happened. Now, here's what we're going to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And we make things worse when we try to spin, make excuses, get defensive. And um, it, it takes some bravery for a PR person and also for a superintendent to do that, you know. But there's been a fair amount of research in communications that shows that when people do that, the likelihood of further lawsuits and other kinds of bad things happening go down because people understand when they're hearing something genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that can be different when you have a loss of, of life. So again, is this situational and contextual? Um, be really careful to not overpromise. You know, if you have a horrible thing happen at your school, a shooting or a death occurs, you don't want to overpromise that because you're putting in new technology, this will never happen again. You know, mm-hmm. you want to talk about the things that you are doing to try to improve your safety, improve the security at your school. But human de- beings are unpredictable. And again, the biggest thing we know from research that makes a difference is the relationship between kids and adults in a school. It's not the technology, it's not the drug sniffing dogs, the gun sniffing dogs, it's not the metal detectors, it's that relationship, that climate and culture in the school is what really makes a difference. And when kids know something and they tell, which is why that that mantra we hear all the time, if you see something or know something, say something, becomes so critically important. That's, That's a simple way of saying something that's based on probably 25, 30, 40 years of research around school shootings in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, try to avoid those bad policy decisions. I, I, I said that piece about the relationship mattering most so much that I think my colleagues on cabinet and board got tired of it. <laughs> but there's a tendency, terrible situations tend to create really bad policies and protocols and practices. And if you offer up something because you think it's going to, um, you know, satiate the, the desire for change, and it's mm-hmm. not something that's real and tangible and research-based, it's going to backfire in the end. Mm-hmm. Then you're stuck with something that might have other unintended consequences. I mean, who wants to turn our schools? We don't want to turn our schools into prisons. We don't want to mm-hmm. turn them into a situation that's that's scaring children, even though it's a you know scary time right now with the level of gun violence in North Carolina and nationally, and the number of gun sales have just skyrocketed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. You need to know those stats though, because it might help put what you're dealing with in context. I would also say monitor media coverage and and school climate temperature 
check in with your teacher leaders, check in with your principal leaders, not just the official ones, but the unofficial leaders, the support Mm -hmm. staff folks, the parent leaders out there. How are we doing? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Not the social media insanity. I mean, you know, people that have some um, connection and context in the community and use that to adjust your messaging and strategy. That, That needs to be an ongoing effort. And I would, you know, be very aggressive about correcting misstatements of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I believe in fighting in an environment or an arena where I can win. So mm-hmm. it's hard. I'm not going to get in, engaged with a, a lot of the anti-public education people on social media who will just use it as an opportunity to engage for, for eons and something. Mm-hmm. But in those places on social media where your own channels or um, you know in communication channels where you have more control, that's where you want to make sure that those people who are close to you, that network of partnerships and people, that database of key leaders that you're building or have built already, you want to make sure they know from the district, look, here's what been said in this outlet or whatever, but here, here are the facts. Or maybe you don't even reference where it's wrong. You just mm-hmm. say, here are the facts, here's what's going on. And you can get to, if you can get to those folks first, um, it can make a real big difference. It takes, it just, again, um, sort of lowers the temperature of everything. Mm-hmm. So the uh, two last tips I'd give is that most big crises have been simmering for some time. So afterwards, once you get through the crisis, which most of them, unlike a pandemic, last mm-hmm. the heat lasts for, for a day or two, maybe right. weeks. It doesn't mm-hmm. usually last for months and months and months and months, right. unless you have like a multiple shooting death or something really horrific, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps, or have loss of life due to a, nat- you know, a, a natural disaster That's that right. can go mm-hmm. for months. Most of these are one day, two day, three day, and then you're on to something else. Um, but figure, take the time, debrief as a group, as a team with not just your PR team, if you're lucky enough to have staff or colleagues, but you know, with your kind of key people that were involved in the effort and figure out what was missed and why, and make sure to close the loop on all those, any promised changes or improvements. Sometimes we are really good about hashing out all the things we're going to do to to make something better and then we don't do them and then something blows up again and everybody remembers every promise that was made that wasn't kept so if you want to build trust do say what you're going to do and then do it and then tell everybody that you did it <laughs> it won't show up on its own you have to point it out it's right. just the nature of people and then my last and probably most important i mean Crisis communication is something obviously I'm passionate about to talk about for for a long, long time, but take care of people first. So um, you need to look out, it may not be your job, it may not be in your job description. I always feel like the most interesting things in school PR are the things that aren't in our job descriptions, but be sensitive to how people are feeling. Recognize that the superintendency is a very lonely place. And sometimes that person needs some moral support as well. Um, it can be quiet. The team that, that's handling it, you yourself, the, the principal, if it's a school-based issue or the department head, if it's a, you know, an operational issue, 
make sure you're always taking care of people first and not only the victims of whatever has happened, but all the people working on it. I, in my, I have found over the years that law enforcement and emergency responders and other, other kind of groups that deal with this all the time are much better about recognizing that than we are in schools. And what can happen if you're not paying attention internally to the people dealing with the crisis, especially the long-term crisis, and you're not and you know, intent, um, intentional about how you support and debrief things, mm -hmm. um, it, everyone kind of collapses on the same time. You know, they all get exhausted, and then all of a sudden, you know, day 14 of the crisis, everyone's kind of a mess. Right. Well, the reason they're a mess is because they've been working, you know, 20 hours a day for two weeks, whereas mm -hmm. the media has been bringing in fresh crews. The law enforcement's been bringing in some fresh crews. The emergency responders are bringing in fresh. And the school district people are already on the verge of collapse. So be mindful of that. And um, doesn't mean you have to be the one who does all of that, but you can make sure it happens by working with your student services folks, your counselors, bringing in an EAP. Um, you know, we have sometimes had to force principals to debrief a tragedy that occurred at a school and they didn't want to do it with a trained professional therapist and then afterwards they were so grateful that we insisted on that process so again people first that's an amazing list um just so inspired to kind of hear you uh kind of break that down for us. And uh, while I don't have um, as much experience in school PR, I did want to throw in a couple of uh, lessons that I have learned. Um, while we're talking about relationships, you want to have great relationships with the people within your organization so you can stay ahead of drama. If drama is brewing, you need to be at the table so that um, you can at least be looped in and you don't get blindsided with a phone call from a reporter. Um, next, you, you want to make sure that your relationships with your peers, you know, your fellow school PR uh, folks is important. But long Law enforcement as well. Um, like for example, Jen, make sure you have coffee with the with the sheriff. You know, at the Transylvania County Sheriff, um, or, or or some of the deputies. Uh, it, when the crisis hits, that that first you know five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, it's going to be either law enforcement or um, emergency response. It's going to be their show, and you don't want that moment to be the first time that you all meet. And so you want to know who they are. You want to get to know them, let them get to know you. And mostly you want to know what their protocols are, because that'll help you as you're figuring out messaging. Um, you don't want to be putting out messages without working with them and vice versa. You guys want to work together to make sure you're all singing from the same songbook and you're all collaborating and cooperating. And at some point, um, you know, you'll you'll sort of take the lead and do that more internal building or communicator kind of whatever, whatever the appropriate next step is have a holding statement ready. Um, and, and sometimes a crisis can just come out of left field. And it's really important to be able to very quickly put together three, four, five sentences to just satisfy the media, satisfy um, your families just in that moment, while you can gather more information and strategize with your district leaders. And then I'll, I'll echo with what Nora said, have a bank of scripts ready to go. And that way you just pull them, change them, fire away. And of course you can customize and, and, and whatnot kind of down the road, but, but in that moment, 
you know, it's a pressure cooker and, and the more you can do ahead of time to make sure your scripts are ready, uh, your spokespeople are ready. Um, and like Nora said, you know, build that capacity of your various principals and your various um, fellow directors. Uh, are, are they ready to stand in front of a camera and talk about X, Y, and Z, you know, make sure they are. Uh, so uh, we, I know we kind of uh, threw a lot of information at, at you guys. Um, what, what, what's something that stood out to you? What are some of your takeaways uh, from this conversation? I'll just say, uh, I just want to say thanks to Nora for, you know, sharing all these important lessons that you've learned over the years with us. And it helps uh, us prepare for, you know, these crisis events that may happen in the future. And one of the things that I took away and I kind of related to my military experience and being a helicopter pilot is uh, you have to prepare for these events. Don't let it, when the event happen, be your first time going through it. If you do no preparation, it's, it's going to be rough. And, you know, we always rehearse things before we did missions and stuff, as well as when you fly a helicopter, we would practice emergency procedures. So if you ever had an emergency, it wasn't your first time trying to react to something because your life is on the line. So I, I feel like that's the same way with the crisis communications, you know, going out and meeting the sheriffs, like you uh, mentioned, and other entities within the community and building those bonds and relationships, uh, it will help everyone to be on the same page and getting the correct message out uh, when a crisis event does happen. So thanks. Yeah, and do joint trainings. You know, I definitely love um, Stacia's uh, thought about, you know, basically make your friends before you need them. <laughs> make those relationships and and be very clear that you're talking about school stuff and they can talk about the emergency stuff. Very often mm -hmm. people will bleed from one to the other and you don't, law enforcement doesn't want school people talking about criminal procedure, but mm -hmm. we don't want law enforcement folks giving off the record comments about school policy or school issues either. Mm -hmm. So again, you can hammer all that out ahead of time. So no, yeah. I think all Thank that's you. great advice. And I think something big that you said, Nora, that really stuck out to me is speaking like a real human being. I think lots of times, I think you for, like you forget that portion. You you want to, you feel like you have to sound technical and be, reach everyone in a certain way. And you forget in that moment when you're talking to everyone about a message that needs to go out that you're talking to real people and they want to know that you're a real person at the same time. I feel I feel definitely yeah. inspired. I think it's um, and obviously listening to, to Charles and Jen talk, you know, there's a reason that you guys are sitting in the seats that you're sitting in now. It's because you do have a lot of um, background experience that makes you really great at this job. And so I think that's, you know, maybe a nice um, parting thought is, you know, if you're, you're you're sitting in your chair and, you know, there's craziness happening around, you just remember, you know, you've got the experience, you've got the skills and, and you know, you can you can weather the storm, uh, but certainly it helps to to be prepared and and, and make sure that uh, you again you have those relationships in place uh, before before everything um, goes sideways and and you can you can make it through you can make it through. Great. Well, this was an amazing conversation. We obviously covered uh, a lot of ground. Uh, Nora Carr, Charles Batchelor, Jen Heatherly, thank you guys so much for joining us today on School PR Drive Time. 
Well, I really feel like I learned a lot and I so appreciate Nora taking the time to come on and impart some some wisdom and knowledge on us because uh, I think, you know, we, we all can we all can learn um, from those who have been in the game a little bit longer. And I certainly feel like I am a little more well-rounded after our conversation. Uh, a couple of things that that stood out is um, Nora referred to taking care of people first and and how um you know the goals of crisis communication and navigating a crisis is to you know protect human life and and to uh, prevent future harm and i think that's just so important important is to remember the the, the people who are at the center and impacted uh, by the crisis and sort of let that kind of guide your response i also think uh, relationships and i know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast and cannot stress it enough uh, if you are new to your role in school pr and you have not met your police chief or the PIO for your police department or your sheriff or the PIO for your sheriff. You definitely want to reach out. You want to get to know those folks because in a crisis, especially if it's a law enforcement situation, really for the first few minutes of the, the situation, they're going to be in charge. And I just think it's so important that when the um, incident happens, that can't be the first time that you are meeting these folks. So thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us on this episode of School PR Drive Time. Have a great day.